the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Now, last week we left off at verse 13 of chapter 8, and I want to begin there today. Romans chapter 8, verse 13 says, For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making it stink, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live. And as I pointed out to you last week, it says, if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, that live is in present tense continuous. This is talking to a person who that is their lifestyle. That is the way they live. They are lost. They are unredeemed. They can't change the way they live. This is who they are. And if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. They can live no other way. They're under the control of the power of sin. And this unbeliever will die in the same way he lived, completely without God, separated. But Paul here is not referring to physical death but to spiritual death. Life is in the spirit. Our lives are spiritual. Yes, we wear a physical body, and that physical body, I hope for your sake, is living. But the truth is, it's not our life. Our life is in the spirit. The flesh is dead to God. The spirit is alive. And those who are in separation from God, that is the lost, the unregenerate, those who reject him, are dead as far as God is concerned, as far as their spiritual existence is concerned. The verse says, But if through the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making it stink, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live. Now what you see here is that the assault of the flesh, that is, man without God or a man trying to operate without God, is constant. It is always happening. So the need to declare the truth is constant. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The exercise of faith is something I've been thinking a lot about. The Lord's been working with me on. And we got to realize that the exercise of faith is here and now, not in heaven. We won't have any need for 
faith in heaven. Faith becomes sight when we get there. The power of the Spirit of God is not being wielded by us, but we are yielding to it. We're yielding to his life within us, and according to the verse, Paul's writing here, this life within us is continually resisting the assault of the flesh. Now, the lost man doesn't have that. The lost man has no resistance to the flesh, has no resistance to the power of sin, no resistance to his own desires except what the society may oppose on him or the fear of the law may impose upon him. But the Christian has a constant battle with those things that are contrary to truth. Now, the Scripture is very clear here. This is not an occasional battle. When we talk about temptation, we think kind of in the same context that Jesus experienced temptation. It was at a special time, at a special place. When Jesus went to this place, he went to be tempted. But I want you to know that the assault of the enemy, the world, the flesh, the power of sin, is constant. Well, it's not that he's following you around all the time and why don't you steal something? You need to steal something. You'd really do well if you'd steal something. You ought to steal something. Why aren't you stealing something? He's not doing that. That's just annoying. What he's really doing is he's trying to confuse you as to who you are and who God is. And that assault is continuous. It goes on through the radio, it goes on through the television, it goes on through the internet, it goes on through your mind. It is uh, running commentary in the things that you read. Even when you read the Word of God, you have unbelief commenting in one ear, usually at some point, saying, could that have really happened? Well, I would never be able to handle that. Don't you find that war going on? Well, that is the continuous, the constant battle of the flesh, the enemy against you as who you are. Now, here's the point I brought up last week. The struggle reveals who you are. The lost man doesn't struggle with these things. It's the child of God because what is coming against you is contrary to the truth of you. So therefore, it is not comfortable. It is a struggle. But what's more is what this verse is telling us. And remember, this is not just Paul talking. This is the Spirit of God giving forth the Word of God. And the Word of God to you is that within you, in union with the Spirit of who you are, is the Holy Spirit, who is constantly, continually, habitually putting to death the call of the flesh in you. Now, how does he put it to death? Well, the sword of the Spirit works. He uses all manner of things to put it to death. But what he primarily uses is bringing you into the truth of who you are so that you can say, you know what? That doesn't suit me. That's not who I am. I've told this story many times, but there's a story told about a young man that was found in the jungles of India who believed that he was a wolf because he had been raised with wolves. And he believed he was a wolf, and this couple wanted to take him in. 
And they took him in. They had to train him to sleep in a bed because he didn't want to sleep in the bed. And they had to train him to eat with a knife and the fork because he wasn't used to eating with a knife and the fork. And they had to train him to eat good cooked food because he wasn't used to eating good cooked food. And he would look in the mirror and he wouldn't believe it was him. Did he turn into a wolf? No. But he had been living with such a false identity and it had so consumed him that he assumed it was who he was. And changing was very difficult for him. It took years. Listen, that's the battle of the flesh. Constantly calling you back. Constantly wanting you to see yourself as this body, to see yourself as the world sees you rather than reckoning upon the truth. And that takes faith. Continuous faith. Constant faith. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. Adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. The life we live in the unredeemed body can only be lived one way. Have you thought about that? It must be lived by faith. Otherwise, you are the wolf boy. That's who you are. That's who you become. You never enter into the truth of what God has given you. You know, we Americans have a lot going for us, a lot of prosperity. We don't always see it that way, but there's quite a bit of prosperity here. We live well. And one of the things we have is plenty of distractions. Now, what that affords for us is this. What you see common in the Christian's life is that faith is something we do when we need to do it. Faith is something we put on when we need to put it on. It becomes an option for us. And when faith doesn't work out immediately, then the first thing we say is, well, I've given it to the Lord, and we go on and distract ourselves with all this stuff over here. And we stay distracted. We keep ourselves distracted. You know what? Those people in Rome and Paul, Paul, do you think Paul could live that way? Paul was continually moving forward in the Lord. And because he was continually moving forward in the Lord, everything came against him. All manner of trials and persecutions came his way. He took every step in faith. Now, we can understand why Paul would live by faith, can't we? But you know what John fifteen five tells me? Apart from me, Christ, I can do what? Nothing. And how do we clothe ourselves in the truth of Christ as our life? How do we appropriate his life in daily living? We do it by what? Faith. And just because we can distract ourselves from the trial, that's not what God intended for you. What he intended for you is what he intended for Paul and what he had for David and Paul. You know what? They went forward. They went forward. And do they run into problems? They run into problems. But it isn't, Lord, I'm just going to trust you with that. Now, what's on TV? What that is, is that is throwing it towards God 
and walking away. God says we are to live this life by faith. What does that mean? That means I not only trust God for what he can do in circumstance, I believe him for who he is. I was praying the other day uh, about something. In fact, quite recently, I was praying about something. And it had to do with with, uh, finances and whatnot. And I said, Lord, you know, I really need this. I really need this to come about. I need this to happen. And he says to me, he says, do you trust me? Do you trust me with this? I said, oh, absolutely, I trust you with this. And then you know what he said to me? Am I your provision? Yes, Lord. Then believe me to be who I am. Quit telling me what you need. Believe me to be who I am. I was convicted. I was convicted because, you know what? What I want to do is I want to give it to the Lord. And yes, there is some, there is some biblical precedent for that. I wanted to give it to the Lord, and then I wanted to ignore it. I just wanted him to solve the problem. And I had an idea of it, how he could do that. You know? That's the truth of it. Listen, when we live this life by faith, we wake up in the morning and we say, Father, I can't draw my next breath without you. I'm not, making, I'm not just stating the obvious. I'm stating the truth of my belief that, Lord, I am dependent upon you. I will not right all the wrongs in my life today. I will not do everything that could be done and probably not everything that should be done. But the one thing that I do know that I will do is that I will believe you to be my God. I will walk in the truth that you are my life. I will trust in you, Father, to meet my every need. I will believe, Father, that you, because you are my Father, will be my provision, my protector, my healer, my blessing. You will be life to me, Father. Father, and I trust in that. That is faith. And I go forward, and when things fall completely apart, I say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Faith for the American may have become something that we have relegated to the biggest need. God says, no, son, that's the way you live life. That's the way you appropriate my life moment by moment. It's by faith. Romans 8 begins by declaring that we are free from condemnation, judgment, and guilt. But to live in that freedom requires faith. We possess the spirit of life, but we have to choose to live according to the spirit of life. And when by faith we declare that Christ is our life, we declare this control of sin is dead. Romans eight fourteen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, when a verse begins with four, it's typically explaining something. So we must look back at verse 13 to see what is being explained. And Paul is explaining why the power of the Spirit is habitually putting to death the evil deeds prompted by the body. And while, why you shall live forever. And the reason why, the reason why 
is because you are a son of God. You are being led. Now, it says in verse 13, it says, But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, I want you to notice that word you. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death. And this is you acting in union with the Spirit of God. This is not just the Spirit of God. And it's not just you. Do you understand what that means? It means that the you, the true self, who you are, is literally working in concert with the Holy Spirit to put to death those things that are not of God. Now think about that with me for a minute. What that means is that the true self, who you are in Christ, that spiritual new creation, recognizes who you are and acts in concert with the Spirit of God and declares the truth over those things that come against you that are contrary to truth. This is constant. You see, the reason it's important for you to know that is because we want to divide everything into nice little compartments. There's us, and then there's the Spirit of God, and then there's the issues, the the things that come against us, okay? That's three compartments right there. So here's these things coming against us. This is typically how the, the, you know, most Christians think. These things are coming against us, so now I choose whether I'm going to go along with sin, flesh, and the enemy, or whether I'm going to go along with the Spirit of God. Now, isn't that the way most people think? I choose between the two? No. You know what this is telling you? This is telling you that you and your Spirit and the Spirit of God are in union. This is telling that you, through the power of the Spirit of God, are saying no to the things that are contrary to who you are in Christ. There is no third person involved here. It's not a matter of choice. I'll tell you where the choice comes in. The choice is in the soul. The choice is where I, with my mind, will, and emotions, either believe the truth of who I am and go along with the Spirit of God and who I am. You see? Or I become the wolf boy. I follow the flesh. But that's not who I am. I am not the flesh. And the flesh is not me. Is that confusing to you? But the reality of it is, who you are at the center of your being is in the presence of the Lord, is it not? Who you are at the center of your being has been made righteous and holy before him. Is that not true? Is it? Okay. Do you see who you are at the center of your being in agreement with the temptations of sin, flesh, and the world? Do you see that happening? No. No. You're not standing in the, in the presence of God at the throne room, standing there going, well, I don't know. That isn't going to happen. But what can happen is that you, through your mind, will, and emotions, begin to act like flesh, and you become the wolf boy in your actions. You begin to believe a lie. 
but it doesn't change who you are. That's the point. This is what Paul is pointing out. He's saying that you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are perpetually putting to death, habitually putting to death. He's not saying that you might be. He's not saying that it could be an option for you. He's saying that you do. Your new nature stands in opposition to the call of the flesh. Now, verse 14 says, those who are being led. Again, present tense, continuous. Now, I want you to look at that word, being led. That means that you are actually being empowered to move forward. If you, if you are a child of God, you are being continuously led. It is talking about how we live. It's not just talking about how we are guided. In other words, it's not just talking about seeking the will of the Lord. Many times when we say, well, I just, I just want to wait and see what the will of God is. Well, Scripture reflects this, that the will of God in your life as a Christian is yea and amen. In other words, the, the Greek literally tells you that it is continuous. It is how you are led. It is going forward. And so when this verse, when he says, for the sons of God are being led, what he is saying is that we are continuously, moment by moment, every heart beat, every breath, we are being led by the Spirit of God. There's no abbreviation. It's not us standing around waiting to be led. It is us being led, present tense, continuous. He is leading us. 1 Corinthians 6.17 tells us the truth of it. We're being led by the Spirit of God because we're in union with the Spirit of God. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. We are one spirit with God. We are going forward in truth. Does that mean we don't sin? No, it doesn't. It means we can choose to sin. Let me give you another illustration. Suppose I told you, you know what, I'm thinking of becoming a sheep herder, sheep farmer, if you will, rancher. I'm going to buy a bunch of sheep, and I have a new paradigm that I'm going to use. I'm going to be the shepherd, and I'm going to put a motto over the barn that says, the shepherd helps sheep that help themselves. Now, how successful do you think I'm going to be? Not very? No, it won't work at all. Here's another scenario for you. Sheep, they're all gathered together, and they're wandering around, and they decide, you know what? We should have made a left when we made a right. We're lost. Let's all get together and call for the shepherd. Because, you know, he waits for us to call. Right? I mean, he's hanging out at Starbucks waiting to get the call. No! Or how about this? They call the shepherd together, and they say, Now, uh, shepherd, we've got several ideas. We believe that probably be in our best interest to go to the right. But we have also heard some sounds that sound like uh, predators over there. And there's another place to the left, but not quite as green, not quite as prosperous. We took a vote, and we're kind of undecided. We would like you to kind of swing things. We were going to cast lots, but since you're here, we're going to let you tell us which way you think is best. Now, that just doesn't seem right. Because that's the way we work. And yet God calls us sheep. 
When God says that we are being led, he is saying the shepherd never leaves us. And what he is guiding, he's not specifically talking about the the end, this little deal or that little deal. He's talking about the whole of your life. He is leading you. Ephesians 2.10, you are on a path. Romans 8.58, everything is working together, has been worked together before the foundations of the world were formed. You're on a path. The shepherd is leading you. Now, here's the neat thing about that. It should give you a whole new perspective on knowing the will of God. First of all, sheep don't need to know the will of the shepherd. They just need to follow. When a sheep starts asking, but why? He's a problem. Sheep only need to follow the shepherd. So when we come to these issues in our life where we don't know, here's what we say. Father, I don't know. I'm just a sheep, and I recognize I'm not expected to know. I yield my will to you. Thy will be done. Now I'm going forward. If I'm going the wrong way, whose job is it to move me? The committee of sheep? No. It's the shepherd. It's the shepherd. He moves us. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to his life in every situation. Rest in his life moment by moment and receive from his life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.